CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. This is another edition of Your Money and Your Life. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. We always appreciate your time. Mark Killian here alongside Don Cash, CPA and CFP. What's up, Don? How are you, bud? Good, Mark. How are you? I'm hanging in there and doing fantastically well. I was thinking about our chat last time and you know, you being the Jets fan and kind of hanging your head there a little bit with the just in the season, which I thought was really funny. Baseball's over. Are you any doing any better on baseball side than you were on the football side? Who's your team? Oh, Mark, you really know how to hurt a guy. I'm a Mets fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, we're not in it this October, uh, but uh, although I have to say this, even though it was a tough season, a very up and down season, uh-huh. they did dismiss their manager, so they're on to a, a new manager now, okay. but certainly not as rough as being a Jets fan yeah. over the years. The Mets have given us a lot more thrills you know, we were in the World Series four years ago and lost to the Royals, which was tough, but it was an enjoyable season to watch. I think they developed good talent, and it's always tough to see baseball season end, though. We're into the late fall, and football season is not giving us any thrills in our household. So the bright side market's allowing us to spend a lot more quality family time together, taking walks in the park and not worrying about sports on Sunday. How's that for the bright side? There you go. That's an optimistic <laughs> way to look at it. So, all right. Well, you know, and, and, you know, being where you're at, there's a lot of teams to choose from. So I was curious as to that. And I guess I'm 0 for 2 on asking you about your <laughs> sports teams. But uh, that's all right. We'll segue on to our topic. So, folks, if you tuned in prior to our, our past podcast and you heard the last one, we were talking about uh, wills, power of attorneys, things of that nature nature. And uh, Don uh, said he had some stories to share. So we're going to continue that on. And if you are just tuning in uh, and you're just now picking up this podcast, you've stumbled across it or someone sent it to you, make sure you go to the website donaldcash.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or whatever platform you choose. And that way you can check out the prior episode as well as past episodes and future episodes. So that's donaldcash.com. All right, Donald, so let's get into this here a little bit. So the last show, we did talk about the the legal planning, wills, power of attorney, and you said you had just finished a process with your own family. So fill us in more on that. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, often when people think about doing these things, it's when both a husband and a wife are, are going on a trip together without the kids. So, uh, you know, I'm the same way. Uh, my wife, Kathy, and I looked over our documents uh, earlier in the year and determined that and we were going on a trip, by the way, so that you know it was uh, that was uh, the the impetus of thinking more carefully about where we stood with our wills, our trust, power of attorney, and advanced uh, healthcare directives. And we determined that since the last time we updated the documents, our two oldest kids, Carly and DJ, turned eighteen, and and now they're in college. And uh, Nick is seventeen, and he's our um, our youngest son. Our youngest girl, Tori, is 12. So we had uh, guardians and trustees set up for the kids to step in and manage things for them when they were all minors. The prior guardians and trustees had some of their own life changes. And we just felt like some changes were in order to the will. And you know, not only the will, but the power of attorney and the advanced directive as well. 
So typically, a husband will name the wife, Mark, as the executor of the will. Right. And what they call the agent or the real power of the power of attorney and the living will. Uh, in addition, often there should be backups or what they call contingents if something happened to each spouse. And we change those too. Another thing that had changed since the kids were young is when we started to think about what would happen to our assets when the kids get married. That's something that was just really not at all on the horizon years ago when the kids were young. And we love our kids, but I'm not sure, Mark, if we're going to love their spouses as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you will. But uh, I yeah. hope we will. And we, we have four kids. So you know, if, we, they, if they all get married, which we pray that they do, the way that we're thinking about it, there, there are four strangers out there who could end up with uh, everything that Kathy and I have worked for. And that really needs to be taken into consideration with planning. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Don, my uh, my father-in-law, I think he likes me better than he likes his own daughter. He spends more. He, he texts me more than he texts her. <laughs> so that's a great endorsement, Mark. You, you never know. You never know. Now we mentioned in the past episode, and, and I'll re, re kind of bring this back out there again. You know, the IRA does not pass to the spouse or kids through the will, right? That's right. That's a good point. Not only the IRA, but the 401k, the life insurance, these pass to the heirs, typically spouse or, or kids as either primary or secondary inheritors via something called the beneficiary designation forms from the company plans. So that would be the custodian where the IRA or the 401k is maintained, or the life insurance company. So if there are significant issues with the kids or the in-laws, or perhaps threats of a lawsuit or something of that magnitude, you, know, you may want to consider a, a trust for the IRA or the life insurance. Now, you mentioned last time that very few young people do have legal documents. Did you get your adult children set up? Ah, yes, we did, actually. And let me tell you the story of sure. how I got to thinking about that as well. Um, I was reading through some legal newsletters, and, and one lawyer mentioned a, a story of a client of his where the daughter was the same age as my daughter, had some sort of an unusual illness in college, and had to go into the hospital and we mentioned this last time when we were on the show, that when you're faced with a medical emergency and the child is underage, you have complete control over getting information from them or from the doctors right. or hospitals regarding your child. But if your kids are 18 or over, you cannot get information from the hospital or from the doctors because they are adults. They're emancipated. So this particular couple, these parents, could not get information, Mark, on their daughter. And not only that, is they wanted to make some health care choices for her, and the hospital was standing in the way. So they were going on to make some choices in administering health care for their daughter that the family completely disagreed with. So it was a big mess. And they had to take extreme measures to be able to intervene and 
and try to get guardianship and in the middle of a health crisis, it's not something that you want to do. So it got us thinking more carefully about the kids. And we did get the kids into the attorney's office as well. And we got their will, power of attorney and living wills all set up. And I found for them, Mark, it was an excellent learning experience for them as young people. It gets their head thinking like an adult, which is all too rare in this culture. The entire process, it probably took a few months uh, of back and forth with the attorney and going over goals and rereading the drafts and, and ultimately getting together to sign and witness the documents. Well, you know, a lot of times, Don, we, we get people who don't think about the documents and, and making changes to them once they have them. And it's great that you're getting all these things in place. And I think someone told me that if it, you know, life-changing event or if it starts with a D, it's a good idea to do it like a death or a divorce or a delivery of a new baby kind of thing. So how often do you think people should update these types of documents? Oh, that's a good rule of thumb, Mark. I like that. Yeah. It starts with a D. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. Um, uh, death, certainly all those delivery, things that yeah. you mentioned are, are great life events to consider updating the documents, certainly as, you know, as often as the circumstances dictate. Now, as I mentioned, my son, who's 17, will be turning 18 next year, so we'll be back at the attorney's office for that. You know, I've heard from different attorneys that the power of attorney, at least, should be updated every five years or so. A lot of financial institutions really don't want to deal with old power of attorneys because they really don't know how relevant they are. So from that standpoint, the power of attorneys, you know, probably five years or so. But getting back to the other documents, certainly as often as the circumstances dictate. Well, really good stuff here this uh, week on the podcast. Of course, I think I say that every week because we have some good stuff on this show. So make sure you tune in uh, you know, out to your money and your life. And if you have some questions about some of the things we've covered, uh, here's some ways you can get a hold of Donald because he can certainly help you out with this conversation. So you can reach out to him at 800-664-1183. That's 800-664-1183. Again, he is a CPA and a CFP, a certified financial planner at Donald W. Cash and and associates and you can find him online at donaldcash.com that is donaldcash.com subscribe to the podcast while you're there send us an email question if you'd like and of course share this with others that may benefit from it and speaking of those emails let's turn to our cash connection and see what we've got from sally in ocean grove she said don since i retired i watch fox news and cnbc a lot I keep hearing on there that if President Trump is impeached, the stock market will crash. I still have money in stocks, but sold a lot after the crash of 08 and bought CDs. What do you think I should do? <laughs> Mark, I think we've touched on this subject in the past as well. It's a hot um, one. Yeah, people. First, yeah. first of all, the CNBC and the Fox News, it's playing on televisions where Ever we go, I'm assuming you noticed that as well, right? Oh yeah. So not only that, I you know I do find a lot of people are are really into watching the news or or getting updates on their phones. So it you know it creates a a lot of anxiety certainly. And you know my general philosophy is spend less time watching TV and don't let that dictate how you time the market or buy stocks and or pick stocks or move in and out or zigzag in and out of the market. Whatever you're allocated into should be based upon your 
goals, your time horizon, and your risk tolerance. But getting back to the question regarding specifically to uh, Sally's concern about impeachment, here's a little civics question for you, Mark. Okay. Who are the only two presidents to be impeached? Well, I think technically it's zero, but it's Nixon and Clinton. I think Nixon resigned beforehand, and I, I don't know if they went completely through it with Clinton. I can't remember. Well, it's actually two, yep. and it was not Clinton and Nixon. A lot okay. of people think of Nixon being impeached. He actually resigned right, before right. they impeached him, but it was Andrew Johnson. Oh, okay. <laughs> back in 1868. So who would know that, right? Yeah, that's but cool. If we can recall the back, it wasn't too long ago, 20 years ago, when Bill Clinton was impeached, he wasn't removed from uh, office. Okay, yeah. An impeachment is more like a censure. So he was impeached. And ironically, in the midst of all of that, it took the better part of the year for the impeachment process to play out. The stock market, as we measure it, at least domestically by the S&P 500, was up over 25% that year, <laughs> right? So people think of this being a disaster. But just because a president is impeached, it doesn't mean he is removed from office. So it's a two-part process. The House of Representatives is the one that impeaches, and the Senate votes to remove from office. President Clinton was not removed from office, and it's highly unlikely that would happen this time as well because the Senate in this case is controlled by the same party as the president. So it's something that it's coming up. More and more people are thinking about this, but in terms of how would it affect the market? Now, we, don't, we can't predict how that would occur, but if we look back to the last time, it really had, uh, had no effect on the performance of the stock market. So as I mentioned before, and to reiterate, the allocation of the retirement assets should be based upon someone's risk tolerance, their time horizon, and their goals. And Sally mentioned that she sold a lot after the market crash in 2008, which is unfortunate and bought CDs because CDs, really the rates have not recovered and the stock market has gone up multiple times over those years. So just a, a good lesson based upon the event of past history, Mark. Yeah, no, it's a great question, Sally. And I would definitely say if you're working with an advisor, uh, share those concerns, have a conversation, get your plan, go over the plan again with them or get a second opinion and see, because to, to Don's point, you know, there's some things that kind of unfortunate with that. So if you'd like a second opinion, feel free, absolutely reach out to Don, give him a call, get on his calendar, 800-664-1183. And uh, we'll, we'll finish this, uh, this program up with a little getting to know you this week. And uh, since we mentioned TV and, and the, you know, the things that are on it, we'll stick right there. Don, is there any kind of TV shows and not news you know, shows, but are, are there any new TV shows that you're into right now that you enjoy? Well, you know, Mark, I mentioned to you, I think, last time with a, a few episodes prior, I'm not a big TV watcher. I do watch sports from time to time, but Kathy and I, my wife and I, watch those uh, renovation shows, uh -huh. which I think is pretty cool since we're doing some renovations in the house ourselves. But one of the shows we stumbled across, which we find really intriguing right now, is a renovation show that's centered around 
the old Brady Bunch house. You remember that show from the 1970s? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, we watched it almost every day after school. My sister had it on. Yeah. So now what they're doing on this uh, this channel called HGTV, it's a, a renovation channel, which I'm sure you've heard of, is the show actually bought the old Brady Bunch house. How's that? Nice. The house that you see at the beginning of uh, of the show. And they bought it for some extremely high price. I guess they just wanted to get this house for the show. And they brought back the original cast of the Brady Bunch. The, all six kids, of course, mom and dad and the, and the housemaid had passed away years ago. But they brought back all of the original kids from the show. And now they're, it's, it's really interesting to see they're in their 60s. So they're uh, they're getting elderly themselves, right? right. But uh, <laughs> each of one of the Brady kids—it's funny calling them kids—but the Brady children from that time was tasked with the um, project of renovating a room in the house. Oh, okay. Are they renovating like their own bedrooms or something? Something like that, yeah. right? The living room, the dining room, the family room, and not only that is they bought this house. And the house itself was nothing like what you see on television, right? Because the t- the show was was staged on a, a Paramount Studio set, right? So they actually gutted the house and turned the real house into an exact replica of the house you see on TV. So I thought that was really cool and was fun to watch and brought back a lot of memories of being a kid and. You know, when we were kids, we would watch that show quite a bit. And even our kids watch that show, too. So it's got some oh, timeless yeah. qualities to it. No, it's been on a long time. And there must be some sort of, a, maybe it's some sort of 40-year anniversary or something. Because Food Network has been doing, a, they did a, a Chopped, if you ever watched the show Chopped. where. Yes. Uh, they did a series uh, of shows where the kids were on, uh, and again, calling them kids, but the Brady kids were on as judges. And I've seen them on something else, too. There seems to be a bit of a Brady resurgence this year. So maybe there's some sort of an anniversary going on. I don't know. but Mark, there is. In fact, we talked about the 50th anniversary a couple of months ago of Woodstock mm-hmm, and of right. the moon landing. And this is the 50th anniversary of the Brady Bunch. So okay. that makes me feel old. The 50th <laughs> anniversary of the Brady Bunch. Well, you know, time waits for nobody, right? So it catches up with all of us. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Great show. Again, a lot of really informative information, hopefully a little fun in there as well. If you found something you can relate to or you certainly have questions, again, before you take any action, always reach out to a qualified professional. Donald is a CPA and a CFP at uh, Donald W. Cash and Associates. Subscribe to our show. Check us out at the website, donaldcash.com. Again, donaldcash.com. This is your money and your life. And you can subscribe to that podcast. Hit that subscribe button on Apple or Google. And call Don if you got questions, 800-664-1183. Don, my friend, go watch a few episodes of The Brady Bunch, and I'll see you next time. Thanks, Mark. Be well. We'll catch you later here on Your Money and Your Life. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.